And we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 1, Episode 11, Scarecrow. My name is Chris Barrows. My name is Dan Cummins, and this is one of your favorites, Chris. This is going to be fun. Yeah, this is one of my favorites. This is Scarecrow. It aired on January 10th, 2006. So remember, we were coming off of a mid-season. So this is the return. This is the second half of the first season. Directed by Kim Manners. I love when I see a Kim Manners episode. I, I really enjoy the work by Kim. IMDb rating 8.7. So pretty high rating. And this is a good one. We talked a lot in the last episode, Dan, about the relationship, how the, the, the guys are just getting at each other's throats. And this one shows us the first time. It's the first time we ever see the boys split up yep. in any form, really. Um, I, I mean, they split up on a case, but they don't split up, period, until this one. And arguably, it won't last long. But here we are. Synopsis. After arguing about the search for their father, Sam and Dean split ways. Sam continues to search in California, and Dean goes to hunt mysterious disappearances of passing through couples in Indiana. And uh, you did some math on the travels for this one. I did, yeah. So the last episode, what a cliffhanger, right? <laughs> uh, we're coming from, uh, you know, the uh, the asylum, the hospital, the Roosevelt, uh, four and a half hours away since then. Um, we got a call from John. That's where we left off. Uh, what a cliffhanger. Now we're back. The boys are on the phone with their father. Uh, it's insane, finally, right? We've been talking about John since we started this podcast, Chris. It took... Geez, 11 episodes to get there, but we're here. We have him on the phone. We're excited to hear what he has to say, except he doesn't say much. He doesn't say much at all. He basically tells them, I can't tell you where I am. I'm hunting the thing that killed mom. And no, you can't help. But hey, you need to go help these people. I mean, this is the last thing Sam wants to hear. He's like, really? Really? We can't help you? Let's go help you. No, you can't help me. You need to go hunt this thing. And uh, it it pisses Sam off. This is the angriest we've probably seen Sam to the point that he literally in this episode uh, and this is actually after the opening scene that we would see this because the opening scene is a couple in the in an orchard, which we'll talk about, but he literally gets out of a car and says, fine, I'm going to hitchhike. I mean, which one it, it, I, I was laughing about because in in this time frame, it like we're talking 2005 in 2021, be like, all right, I'm going to get out. I'm going to get on my phone and call an Uber. Uh, but beyond the point, uh, the, the fact of it remains that uh, he, he just says, I'm going to go. And Dean actually drives away, which just blew my mind. I, yeah. I remember watching this. I mean, like the first time you like, did that just happen? Like, this is how we're starting out a, uh, you know, an episode they're splitting up and it was a big moment. It's a big moment for both of them. Yeah. If there were betting odds, right. For when this episode came out, knowing the cliffhanger ended with their dad calling them on the phone, there's no way that you would put your money on them splitting up the very next episode. Right. But here we are. Sam is pissed that John won't see them. Uh, but here's Dean saying, you know, we got to trust him. He knows what he's doing. He's sending us an important case. So we got to get on there. So Sam hops out of the car Indiana to California, that's 2,230 miles away. That's a 32-hour car ride. It's in the middle of the night. Sam gets out and says, screw you, dude. I'm going to hitchhike home. And, you know, it's they're, they're at odds here. No one wants to give 
Um, and so Dean drives away. Dean goes to Indiana to check out this really weird case. And Sam hits the road and eventually finds a, a really, really important character for the rest of the series, really. But, you know, the next few seasons. Series changing is, I think, a fair series way to changing. describe the character he will meet. Um and we'll meet. So we'll talk about some of these great characters. We're going to meet out. We'll say some names. We'll dig into them. But in this episode, we're going to meet uh, the most critical characters being Emily, uh, who's uh, I, I think uh, another great female character who just kind of ultimately falls in a rug in, in the long way, in the sense that they could, I feel like they could have, and, and the supernatural was not the best at the female lead to begin with, but I, I feel like some of these characters are like would have been worth revisiting. Like I always wish Supernatural did that to some extent. They will do that with Meg, who we'll meet. And also notable in this episode, we will meet him. He's not the biggest, most important role, but William B. Davis as the local professor. He's from the X-Files, the cigarette smoking man himself. Yes. Big freaking deal for me. Um, and that may be part of the reason I love this episode so much because he's like a huge character in the X-Files, not in necessarily this. But can we talk about this the this opening a little bit before we get into the God? Because I think it's a perfect uh, mm. way to lead into it. You got a couple moving through an orchard and they discover this scarecrow and then it hunts them down and kills them. I, I mean, that's the summary. It's that simple. <laughs> it it yeah. is that simple. So Scarecrow, a joke about the Wizard of Oz, he a, a, it literally makes a Wizard of Oz joke. Mm-hmm. And he says, the guy says, if I only had a brain, well, he didn't at the end because he, he killed you. But uh, then the scarecrow kills him. So it is a frightening thing because this scarecrow is freaky looking to begin with. Um, Dean later calls him fugly, actually. So that so it's worth noting that. And then we get to the fact that the the call that we talked about. So we talked about it already, but that's the conversation. Sam answering the phone. Dean saying, Hey, is that dad? And then, all right, dad got it. And that's, that's when they get in the car at that point before the split. But let's talk about monsters. This is a pagan God veneer, the Norse God of prosperity. And it's powered by ritual sacrifice. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see ritual sacrifice in many forms in the show, but I guess this is the one of the first times we're going to see that. It also carries this scythe like that he uses to stab and rip out his victim victims' bodies apart. So it is creepy. It is not a nice way to go either. Yeah, that, that's the, to say the least. Very gruesome. Dressed in black. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's very strange because I, I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but it actually starts to wear its victims on itself. And we'll talk about what that means in a minute, but this is the first time that we're um, encountering a God, essentially. Um, It is a God, a pagan God, Norse God. They throw a lot of different mythologies around, but this is the first time, not the last time though, that we will encounter gods outside of the primary God, Chuck. So I thought that was really interesting that we saw this in season one. I mean, that's really ambitious, Chris. Yeah. Well, so that's a good point. We do know that gods exist in this world now, which sets up a much larger world. This god in particular, again, it is a scarecrow. It's dressed like a human skeleton in rags and a hat. Um, And you mentioned the wearing, which is creepy. And I didn't even pick it up, I think, initially. And then I, when I did, it just 
kind of took me back even more. Mm-hmm. But let's dig into this plot and we'll cover a little bit more about Veneer, who I will note, by the way, is mentioned in season four and season five, the monster at the end of a book and the real Ghostbusters. Those episodes will actually mention this particular pagan god, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. They mention pagan gods, at least. So two things happen. And, and let's cover Sam's story a little bit, and then we can hit Dean and really focus on Dean. Sam is hitchhiking. He meets, he sees Meg on the side of a road, um, does not know anything about this person. Truck comes by, and there's like, oh, yeah, we're trying to go, trying to go this direction. He goes, no, I'm only taking her. You can put in whatever thoughts in your mind about what that dude in the truck wants. It's fairly obvious the dude is looking for some favors, unfortunately. Um, and she says, I'll be fine. We later learn why she'll be fine because we learn more about Meg and just how strong it, let's just put it Meg is, but, um, that truck drives away. Sam eventually still gets to a bus station where he'll find Meg. And, um, he's, <laughs> I love the dialogue at that point, by the way, cause he says, says, what are you doing here? He says, well, you were right about that guy. He wasn't a good guy. Um, so yeah, we can you can put to your imagine I mean to your imagination what Meg uh, may have done to said truck driver. Um, I'm guessing he's dead um, somewhere. That's fair to say. I think it's a fair guess, right? Uh, but Meg does something, and it plays off the last episode, which is she's almost doing therapy with like, why does it matter what your brother thinks? Come with me. Come mm. with me. Her complete stranger wants Sam to come with her for whatever reason, right? Cause she, and not that I found some big bond. I don't know if you did, but I didn't see outside of the fact that they're traveling. There wasn't something that made me think, Oh, these two are a good fit to travel together. She just is like, don't worry about Dean. Come with me. We're going to go to California. And there was something off in that way. When I thought back to it, it's like, why you just want to, you really just dealt with a creepy dude. Why do you want to now travel across the country with some other dude? You don't know. I don't know. There was, there's something up there, but she's really trying to rip and tear into the Dean Sam relationship, which at this point you think Sam's going to do. I have to admit, if you're watching this first time, you probably think Sam's going to go to California. He's not, he's not worried about Dean that much at this point. Yeah. And part of me was thinking Sam is such a smart guy. Why is he falling for this act? But then you remember this is a rewatch. We know who she is. She is designed to infiltrate Sam. She knows what Sam likes, how to talk to Sam, what his weaknesses are, how he feels belittled by Dean. And she hits all of those points perfectly so much so that she gets right past Sam's guard and she gets right in there and she almost gets him. Almost. Except for the fact that Sam still loves Dean. Doesn't think that Dean, in my opinion, I don't think Sam got a lot of confidence from Dean on the phone. I think Sam thought, I don't know if Dean's got this one by himself. I should probably go help. Now, we don't know how far Sam got away from Dean, right? He hopped out in the middle of a highway at night. We don't know how far they are. I did not Um, estimate far, for the record. I I never estimated very far, especially based on the fact that we we will see Sam and Dean again together in this episode. I just don't. But And also, how far could he have got? Because I also assumed he went on foot at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. But you know, the, the second that he thinks that maybe Dean's in over his head, he's 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 hitting the road, man. See you later, Meg. Sorry, you know, you're a pretty girl. You're saying all the right things, but I'm not ready to throw my brother uh, away so quickly. So he leaves. Uh, Dean, on the other hand, has been busy. He is looking into the case. He goes into town, and he can't get anything out of anybody. So much so that it's suspicious, right? Like as as a rewatcher, I I forgot how uncomfortable it made me feel to see this town converse with strangers. Um, he he goes to a diner. He asks, you know, the the guy that works there every question you could imagine and the guy gives him nothing he later talks to you know other townspeople no one wants to give dean any information i mean anything and so you start to think something's going on here until dan meet uh until dean meets uh emily and emily is not a native that's an important clue here um she was she's not born and raised she's distinctly different you're right she uh, just as a whole is kind you know she's kind yeah. She's welcoming. No one else is yet. Well, all that's happening. They're basically, and quite honestly, it's, it's, it's an exact thing that they're doing. They're essentially serving up, serving these other people with a golden platter, the, this couple. And they know, they already know, Dean's aware that a couple's been disappearing here. So yeah. he watches them treat them that way and him like a piece of dirt. And he's saying, the two and two go together. Those people ain't safe. They got to get the heck out of here. And uh, it's fascinating to see the difference, though, in relationship. You have to imagine, what if they treated Dean nicer? What mm. if they played their cards a little bit better? Would they have had maybe more luck in this venture? Because to me, I, I don't know. I think I think from a, if we were talking as, as if it was a poker game, they kind of played a few bad cards, made a few bad bets because they could have been nice to Dean and kept him potentially out of the way if he wasn't who he was. Yeah, definitely. And, and the only reason that, that Dean actually has any Intel um, is from Emily because she's willing to give him the time of day, right? If, if anybody else had just given him the wrong path to go down, he would have spent time doing that and they would have got the ritual they wanted and game over. But luckily Emily's non-native. She um, is unaware of the ritual and she tells him, yeah, you know, there's there's an orchard um, where people are, have been going missing. Nearby towns are all failing, but we're doing really well. It's a great place to live. Don't worry about it. And Teen says, uh, bullshit. So he, so he goes to yeah. check out the orchard and he finds a scarecrow and it's terrifying. And he's got the papers in his hands, Chris, and he's got one of the victims. And the victim's got a very specific tattoo. And Dean spots the very same tattoo on the scarecrow. And I mean, what a twist, right? What is this thing? It's it. That's a moment. It just where you just, when you connect that dot, it's creepy as hell. Yeah. And they, when he goes, indeed eventually goes back there in that way and saves these people. He saves them. He gets them out. There is now no human sacrifice. Mm -hmm. These are all happening by the way. It's like the second week of April. It's a very specific time. It's yeah. all about bringing spring. We need to talk to this. You know, this is about having, and, and they're always going to sacrifice people. The worst and the, the most evil thing in this to me is not the scarecrow or the, or the, the pagan God. The pagan God is what the pagan God is. You say, you do this, I'll do that. Right. That's what it is. That's a deal. I'm not saying it's okay what 
the pagan god is doing, but the pagan god is doing, this is the deal, we do this. The aunt and uncle who are willing then to tie up their niece yep. and Dean. And Dean continue to pretend he has a plan, by the way, which he has no plan. It's, <laughs> he's, he's so ill-prepared. Yeah. Uh, but the, they are the evil ones. Um, Dean does, and Dean gets caught, by the way, we should note, because I mentioned this early. The only reason Dean gets caught is because when he goes to the professor, the professor calls, uh, the professor played by, the, the actress plays the cigarette smoking man in the X-Files. He turns around and the sheriff knocks him out. So this whole town is in on it. Uh, but when the aunt and the uncle do it, I'm sorry. They are the most evil characters in this entire episode to me. And she says, we have to, when they're like, they're trying to justify it. You hear them trying to justify it. Like you're justifying sacrificing. You, and and my other thing was, why don't you just leave this town? Like, can't you like go somewhere else? But they really love their town. So they they will do anything to make it uh, prosperous and yeah to it's, deal it's with the deal with a devil of sorts. It's for the greater it. good, they say, and and it's really refreshing because yes, the monster is the pagan god, and yes, he's the one killing people, right? But like you said, the the big bad in this one is the, the humans. It's people. It's, it's people. Humans. Yeah, you see what they're willing to do, what they're willing to sacrifice just to keep food on their table. I mean. Emily goes into it. Nearby towns are failing. Their crops are dying. Um, people are going hungry, um, dying, sick. So, yeah, these people, all all older, by the way. The townspeople, they all, you know, there's not a lot of young people from what I gather in this episode. No. It's a really old town. They have really old customs, one of which is to honor an apple tree, which is said to uh, be brought, uh, been brought over by early settlers of that town. And so after doing some research, Dean realizes that if we're going to kill this thing, we have to burn that tree. And so when he's captured with Emily, he has that in mind, but he has no way of actually getting to the tree because he's tied up. But who comes through the orchard in the dark? Sam to the rescue again. Yeah. And it's a great moment. And he and he says, oh, I could have got again. He's like, I could have got out of it. And he's like, OK, whatever. Yeah. I get down to business. She has an idea of what it would look like. At least mm -hmm. she's not necessarily like an active visitor to said tree, but able to do that and destroy it. And when you when you watch this, it's a it's a great moment when they destroy it, and you watch the pagan god be angry and such. Like like fine, I will take my couple, and he takes the aunt and the uncle, and you just you get this moment. It's visceral when you actually like look at it, but yeah, it's a good TV moment to say, hey, you got what was coming to you. You really deserved that. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not like you're cheer at that point. You almost have turned and started. I don't want to say you're cheering the, the scarecrow at that point, but <laughs> kind of like, okay, those, they deserve that. Um, which is it's, it's, I'm sure someone thought that I probably thought it for half a second. Until I realized, well, that's really gruesome once again. Uh, but Sam to the rescue back together with Dean, at least as we see for now uh, and uh, saving, saving a person, at least not the town because they kill a town in doing yeah. that. Yep. I think that's important to note. They had killed a town and we asked this question down the line is, is one life worth destroying the lives of many in this case, I think, so because you're the you are sacrificing someone 
I don't know that they always make the best decisions in terms of the one life for many, in particular with each other. So it's a nice parallel to later decisions that they make in that way. Yeah, I mean, the the town had been doing really nasty things for a long time. I don't think they say how long the rituals have been going on. You have to assume since those early settlers planted that apple tree, right? It looked like a big tree, old carvings in it. So, you know, these boys are all about uh, breaking traditions, as, as we'll see uh, for the rest of the series. But uh, yeah, what a pretty good ending. I think uh, I think they wrapped it up nicely. I love how Sam got there. He tells Dean, you know, wow, you got here fast. And Sam goes, yeah, I stole a car. And Dean goes, that's my boy. You know, just stoked. Which is brother. great because in the moment, in the moment, they're still in peril. Yeah. And there he is going, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Proud of his brother and to the rescue, you know, doing something that Sam wouldn't normally do, stealing a car to help out his brother. So, you know, they started with a split at the beginning, but this has to be a reassurance for Dean that, you know, my brother still loves me, still believes in this mission of the greater good. And uh, they end it on a good note as brothers, I would say. He's got his back. He does have a great line of uh, Dean in particular my favorite in particular from the show and uh, from this episode, I should say um, Dean, when he's, when their people are walking away is he yells, I hope your apple pie is freaking worth it. Uh, <laughs> which is, we know how much Dean loves apple pie mm-hmm. and to see Dean talk about apple pie just brought some joy to my face. Even if he was in peril in that particular moment. Uh, I, I do. Yeah. I just, I, I just think it's, it's it's just so fascinating and we start to look at there's some references by the way i should note that um we learn a little bit more about meg in this episode too we learn we learn she's got a connection and she's not good uh which is not surprising they also introduce in this by the way i believe it's at the end of the episode but you see her with like i think this is the one where we see her at the goblet like there's like a goblet that's actually referred to the goblet, a, a goblet of blood, which is used as a form of communication between demons and their allies or horsemen. Um, we can dig more into Meg in later episodes. I don't think we're going to break down the character of Meg right now, but my God, the backstory to Meg and her connection to some later characters. I mean, she was trained by a, a character who we're going to see later. Yeah. She deals with some of the four horsemen at some points in her background, like there, or at least the goblet does itself but she deals with um gets some training from a major character she's related to our main character in a sense uh, our main villain so like mm-hmm. we have just hit on a huge character and we don't even know it's coming and she is she's sneaky that's all i can yeah. say she's a sneaky character so yeah we're, we're opening uh, a door here and it's really impressive that kripke had this vision for this series at least from season one to five and he introduced it this early right because he's planted so many seeds we're now starting to see the greater arc of demons and, and sam's involvement in that and uh meg is just the beginning of that and i love the closing of this episode i've got to make a call right and she slits the throat of the driver empties his blood into this goblet i mean it's uh it's it's terrifying, actually, and it's it's probably the most um, gruesome thing we've seen from a character um, in broad daylight. I mean, <laughs> they're they're driving the the truck like it's a public place, and she just slits this guy's throat. No worries in the world; she's gonna get what she wants, and uh, and she does. I mean, we're gonna cover her journey, but uh, man, she is quite the character and i'm really excited to cover her in future uh podcasts here yes and we will see more goblets of blood too because that's a fairly common thing just like we see 
crossroads and other really Ooh. cool, cool things along the way. Um, but that's this episode. That is Scarecrow. Uh, again, I this to this point would be my second favorite home. I love the pilot, obviously, yep. um, and I love home. But there's something about this episode from a monster of a week. This and home are close. But uh, I this one just I don't know. There's something about it. It I, I like the story they have. Uh, it's a big one. Well, I'll, I'll have to see where it all breaks down as we continue through because we are not done at the, as we're recording this. We are not done having watched all of them, not just not recorded all of them, but we have not watched all of them. Right. So we can't can't speak to our new reaction to the finale and and some of these other great scenes that are going to come up. Uh, Dan, anything else from a from a perspective? Uh, of just like a quote or something that stood out to you in this episode before we before we officially call it and uh, look forward to another episode of Supernatural in our next episode. No, I, I can see why this episode's your favorite. It's got a good mix of everything. It teases the future really well. This is a rewatch uh, podcast, the rewatcher experience. So um, from that perspective, it's a really great episode. However, my next one, Chris, our next episode, Faith. This is a good one. This is something that... Um, I remember watching as a kid, you know, for the first time, and this one really grabbed me. Um, so make sure you guys check that one out. I'm excited to rewatch this and to take notes and to talk about this one with you. It's really great. Yeah. And that is your homework assignment, everybody. Before next week, make sure you go ahead and watch episode 12, I believe it is, Faith. Yep. Uh, that one is a good one. I love so much about this episode it's a very mm -hmm. i mean all these episodes are strong in my opinion for the most part in season one sans bugs but uh it, it's a great episode so join us for that episode but in the meantime that is it for this week but we will be back next week because after all we've got work to do <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.